0: So he's he's sending like the full output of a hundred watt Marshall instead of going through a cabinet, it's going back into this little speaker in the top box, and he's sending that into his mouth. And over the course of many years of doing it, I think he knocked most of his. Did that. <laughs> the sound. So, from what I hear, um, again, a, 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 apocryphal information potentially there. People should go <laughs> and this themselves. I don't yeah. know if I'm talking nonsense, but it's really I'm tickled me. I've heard that story. <laughs> That's, that, that
1: sounds like better than any Stevie Ray Vaughan legend <laughs> that I've ever heard. Like, Peter Frampton's mouth is mostly made uh, of titanium now because he just rocked a talk box
0: too hard. Too much, yeah. <laughs> Welcome back the next episode of Guitar Smarts. thanks for joining us and thanks for sticking with us and being patient while we took a little bit of a summer break Uh, we are all refreshed we've had some nice time off from work and from doing the podcast to refresh rethink and get some nice things planned and we are back at it today so thanks for downloading this week Kieran and I we are discussing our most favourite and most inspiring live albums live records that we've ever listened to and we hope you enjoy this too remember to like us on our social media pages at facebook.com forward slash guitar smarts and on instagram at guitar underscore smarts and remember to give our podcast a rating as well and a good review that helps us to really get into the ears of more listeners too anyway enough waffle from me let's get back to it Kieran. Good to see yeah. you. How are you doing? Hey. Welcome back from the summer. <laughs> nice little summer break. A off. You it was nice actually to chill out and just uh, uh get a little bit of respite from such a busy schedule leading into the summer. How about yourself? Are
1: you keeping well? Yeah, I'm really good, mate. I know work for both of us was, was was pretty full on. Um so we've had a nice little break for a little while. Um but it's lovely to be back recording the podcast again. I'm, I must say I've really missed it actually. Yeah, even just having a having a couple of weeks break. I might be a bit rusty today. Uh, but yeah, no, um, yeah, really good. Just got back from a week of camping in Devon, beautiful countryside uh, overlooking the sea. Uh, boys had a great time. Um, so yeah, really good. But I must say, very nice to be back to creature comforts and yeah. hot, hot showers and running water and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, it's good to be it's good to be back in civilization now. But I must say, I'm 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 uh, uh, I'm a little bit lucky. I've got another I've got another week of, of leave as well. So oh, yeah, fantastic. I've got, I've got, got got one more week to
0: go. So yeah, I'm in great spirits, mate. I'm in absolutely brilliant. You yeah, know, fantastic mood. Fantastic. Good. I mean, I've had a nice break too. I Had a week away with the family, and uh, it, you know, work has kind of settled down a bit as well. So yeah. starting to feel a little bit more relaxed. Um, nice. Summer's a busy time for us, but you know we're, we're we're doing good. And yeah, like you said, happy to be back in doing the podcast now and having a chat and a catch up with you. And uh, but what have you done anything guitar wise while you've been having a break? Have you been? setting up guitars you've been practicing much playing much
1: yeah I I, wanted, I was going to speak to you about this as well because I, I, I've seen from your um, social media stuff you've been doing some bits which I meant to ask you about because on our little <laughs> summer break we haven't communicated much no. either we've <laughs> almost like had a little break from each other so there's like so much I want to catch up with yeah. you about um, so yeah I've been oh man this band that I'm with at the moment really lovely bunch of guys really really settling in now the set yeah. the sets coming together and getting tighter with this new lineup and really enjoying it but I'm um, I must say they are gigging monsters they they want to be out every every weekend and, and yeah. sometimes for fridays and saturdays uh, as well so um so i've just been doing a lot of gigging um so we'll, we'll have to see how sustainable it is for me to be doing that with the day job and everything as well but at the moment yeah loving it i've been playing a lot live i uh, got two gigs coming up this weekend <clears throat> a beer wow. festival and uh and a pub gig this weekend so yeah it should be good so a lot of playing um a lot of uh just, yeah, just working on my live pedalboard sound, figuring out what works live versus at home yeah. and just kind of getting getting stuff dialed in quite nicely. And, um, yeah, uh, so a lot of that. A bit of setup stuff is starting to, to, to come through as well now um, uh, in a more manageable way. I think there was a massive rush on guitar tech stuff as everyone started to get back out and gigging. I had like a backlog of stuff that was piling up um, and lots of people wanted guitars doing, but now it's kind of reached a bit of a steady stream of stuff so yeah apart from that mate just business as usual really back out and gigging doing a bit of guitar tech stuff and mm-hmm. back back recording the podcast so yeah I can't complain at the moment everything everything is good um and oh before we finish today I got a I got a birthday present because it was my birthday last week which uh, I think was was heavily inspired by <laughs> you so we need to we need to talk about that at some point on the on the, on, the, on today's show but uh, enough about yeah. me uh, um how about, how about you? you you've been gigging as well i saw from uh, your social media you've been out
0: i had my first not my first ever gig obviously uh first first gig in 21 months since november 2019 um, Right, and it went great it went really well it was just a wedding gig um nothing really to get too excited about in terms of guitar playing because you know it's just, it was a seven piece band so i'm just kind of playing rhythm guitar most of the night can't really hear myself most of the night you know, it's just one of those, it's a function gig that's not really any fun, but it was nice to kind of get through that anxiety of not having gigged for a while and the different things that I was worried about. Yeah, like, you yeah. know, I've got an entirely new rig here that's kind of not untested. It's untested for a full gig. You know, I don't know how, you know, well, it's going to perform. And it was, it was great. You know, everything worked perfectly. It did. Um, yeah. As, you'd, as yeah. you'd hoped
1: it would, or were there any kind yeah. of tweaks
0: yet to make? Well, I definitely would have liked more volume. time to kind of sound check and play around with it we didn't get the opportunity right. to really. Um, and kind of maybe hone the different tones a little bit better than, than I did. Um, uh, but I'm you know, I'm sure I'll get that as time progresses. Um yeah. my strap performed really well, didn't have any issues with it, even though it's the against the first gig I've done with it where I've after upgrading it mm-hmm. with the, you know all the new kit that's that's on it. Um so happy with that. Um been practicing a lot more the last couple of weeks now that work's kind of settled down as well, which is great. I'm starting to feel a little bit of progression in the Areas that I'm trying to get better at, you know, things like, um, you know, picking speed and um, and just general kind of fretboard navigation, you know, mm-hmm. starting to feel a little bit more capable, uh, you know, moving around different positions on the net, which is good. Um, I reset up both my guitars this week as well. So you remember cool. when we did the podcast about setting up guitars, the eight steps. So I realized it's been probably a few months since I'd done that. Um, and so on the string changes I did this week, um, I reset up, followed those steps and reset them up. and. They're both feeling great. However, um, I just have to. I just have to come to the kind of admission that they really need. Both of them just need a fret dress. The, okay. The, you know, the, the Epiphone has never had one in nearly twenty years of me playing it, mm-hmm. um, and the Strat is coming up to me having owned it for nearly ten years now, and yeah. it's never had a fret dress. They, you know, the fret polish, the fret clean that I'm doing mm-hmm. um, between string changes or every few string changes is not really cutting it. it. I think it needs mm-hmm. a level, mm-hmm. a level and a polish because I can't get the action down low enough currently on both of them um, to what I would like the action to be it's not it's not unplayable but I'd like it a little bit lower but if I go lower and and with the truss rod adjusted correctly given the measurements I've taken I'm still getting a lot of fret buzz high up and in certain positions and it seems like it feels like it's not consistent fret buzz either like it's on certain frets as if you know I've got a high fret or high spot here and there and that's, that's on it. both guitars I think I just gotta bring them to you I think so the guitar yes, guru please, can... <laughs>
1: Yeah no yes please mate. I mean just I'd I'd love to I'd love to do that for yeah. you and um you know so many folks um, get to that stage of, of usage with their guitars and they and they're like I think it needs a refret now and um and and I wish more of them would think like yourself but it's perhaps just that they had not yeah. appreciated that that's the next logical step because before you go for a refret hopefully there should be enough meat left on those frets and, and um to allow. For for at least a couple of uh, leveling and recrowning uh, attempts on it, which will yeah, it will it will it will do the job very nicely indeed. Um, so yeah, let's get that let's get that done on 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 your two guitars, um, and it'll be quite nice actually for us to maybe even do it together if you've got some time. So you that'd can, be amazing. So you can, yeah, um, you can see how it's done yeah. and, and have it and, and even have a go at it yourself, mate. It's not it's not rocket science. It takes a bit of practice and some you know careful um, preparation it, it's like any DIY job right most yeah. of it is in the preparation um, and having the right tools um so yeah we can we can we can do those for you and it will it will be the next uh, lease of life for those guitars but uh, the point you made around you know changing the strings and just going through those little steps again that's exactly yeah. the right philosophy mate that's um that's how those steps should be looked at they're just they periodically need doing their little maintenance things that you do every second third fourth time you change a, a set of strings, so um, cool! Oh, I'm, I'm pleased. I'm pleased to hear yeah. that your that your new rig was um, was, was, was was like delivering for you because it's quite a quite a departure, quite a
0: switch out from all the stuff that you've yeah. been using. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, like the the strat's really great now. It, it feels so much more versatile than it was mm. before, and it sounds great with the new new kit that I've got. I still got some tweaking to do with the pedal board uh, in terms of the sounds, not the wiring or anything like that. Um, mm. But uh, I am really enjoying Having a rig that was one power socket for the entire thing, one guitar lead into the board, one cable out the speaker, mm. and that was it. That was the rig. That so the simplicity of that was fantastic. To have something that was um, a lot less complicated, a lot easier to set up. Um, it was just a shame it wasn't the kind of gig where I could turn up a little bit more and just get get the the rig working. um You know, not working, but you know, getting it kind of a little bit louder so I can really hear what it's like wound up and and spend a bit more time getting some good sounds. It was just one of those wedding gigs where you've kind of got to set up and just line check, you know, as people are coming into the venue and then you disappear off until you play later on. So a bit frustrating, but um, it was good to get a gig out of the way. I've got another one next week, so... That'll wedding wedding, yeah. wedding depth gig For the same same band Wedding depth gig For the same band But a smaller cool. It'll just be me Bass, drums um, And two singers So a bit more work for Oh me. wow
1: Okay yeah Quite a lot of work Right to fill in that That moving um, <laughs> <Exactly>.
0: section <laughs> I, I quite enjoy doing them When there's a keys player And there's a, like a, a horns player yeah. as well Because you can kind of Feel like you can sit back And find a space To play Kind of thing Do a bit more Of that kind of um, You know I don't, I don't feel like You have to do All the harmony. Parts and try and yeah. figure out a way to do everything. You can just you know to find a space to play, which is nice. I enjoy that. Yeah. Um. But the ones where it's just me as a as like a harmony instrument, I find that quite stressful because there's yeah. a lot to carry, especially on some songs. You know. But yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to
1: it. And uh, ah, see, that's what I enjoy listening to your playing the most, actually, because <laughs> because that's kind of some of the stuff that I can't can't do as anywhere near as well as you, particularly your chord uh, voicings and things that you've got access to from your knowledge of theory
0: and stuff I'm That's like, probably you because do that? I've done so many gigs like this I've done so yeah. many wedding band gigs where you've had to do songs where there's usually a keys part and a guitar part or a couple of keys parts so you think well you've got to try and find a way to kind of not do all of it but kind of mush it together into one yeah. part that kind of kind of is in tribute to all of them and you That's end up it. coming up with little ideas and things And
1: Yeah and I've seen you do that and it works really well and it comes from that great knowledge of theory and as you say doing the types of gigs where you've had to, to, to find a way through that
0: But I find it's stressful, so just know if you ever see me doing a gig like that and you're like this oh, sounds great, <laughs> I'm not enjoying myself, right? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Wow, well, sometimes in life, through pain comes comes the greatest So <laughs> If anything is worth achieving, but that yeah, I, know, I I do know what you mean. Uh, actually, having said that, the one of the two gigs that I've got this weekend, uh, actually the beer festival one, uh, is uh, we're only doing an hour set, so it's quite a quite a nice just uh, hour of of our top uh, covers that we do. Um, but I'm the only guitarist on that one, and normally we go out with two guitarists. So I am actually going to have to think about this gig this weekend a bit more carefully and maybe have a little practice at home just doing exactly what what you've just mentioned which is okay normally we've separated out the rhythm and lead guitar parts for every song in a, in a way that works in a really nice complementary way but I'm going to have to approximate both of those on this gig yeah um, and the danger will be having done like 10 gigs with this band already so far that I'll I'll, I'll just play the parts that I've already been playing but yeah. then realize it's way too sparse or it or is missing like <laughs> (laughs) something really key so uh yeah i'm gonna have to just go over the other parts as well and make and find a way to to uh jump between the two of them at the right places to to make it sound as as it should do for that track so yeah good point good point (laughs) right must must write to-do list
0: sorry to interrupt this super interesting conversation however if you've made it this far maybe you should subscribe to the guitar Smarts podcast go and do that now and then let's get right back to it. <laughs> well anyway look shall we shall we get on with this week's topic we've got a good one yeah week. yeah so this week we are talking about the best live albums to get inspired by, um, and this is an interesting one because if I mm. hark back to when I was just starting playing guitar, and you know yeah. you had your guitar heroes, whoever they might be, you always want you always wanted to see them live. You know when it, it, that was kind of like the pinnacle of your fan you know you are being a fan of those artists right you love their music you love their albums and you wanted to see them live and getting to see certain people live has really been um you know a high point for me as a, as a music fan and as a guitarist you know being able to see some some people live but when you can't see them live you know the, the next best thing is a live album um, mm-hmm. because it's kind of like a greatest hits but it's the performance it's the gig you could never get to um, and, and I actually the, one of the things I noticed while whilst kind of researching live albums that are you know going making lists of live albums that I particularly love is that um, it seems to be like a lost art have you noticed like you don't really know I can't think of anyone over the last kind of five or ten years really that have done a, a, a really great live album but maybe that's just me not knowing who does these things anymore, you know. Um,
1: I, I think you. I think you hear. Well, I, I found a similar thing, right? So I was making yeah. a quick short list um, as, as I was preparing for, for our chat today, and uh, I kept having to think about: Are there any more recent albums? Because everything I was mm. dipping into was stuff from quite a way back.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so yeah, I don't know. Well, here's here's one of the one of the reflections that I had, and maybe I don't know if we're going to allow this or include this but but perhaps it's against the rules but a lot of the stuff that I watch nowadays where it's live stuff it's all YouTube stuff or it's all video based stuff right and so yeah. whilst there whilst there are a couple of things from back in the day that are recordings of live concerts which had a huge impact on me and some of them I've mentioned before on this podcast like um, Guns N' Roses like concerts from like the early 90s particularly their kind of Paris 92 gig that was never a live album in itself that was that was something that I happened to be able to record onto VHS because they broadcast on TV one day and that just got you know massive amounts of playtime with me and, and had a huge influence on me but the rest of the stuff that's on my list are all albums that yes. were released and 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 produced and mastered up and then available for me to go into a, a store and and buy um even if they were recorded in in on video uh, as well at the same time that wasn't how i consumed them really because we didn't all have like tivo boxes or you know dvr recorders it was like all vhs and it was all nothing was hd or 4k or anything like that so it was just kind of like the best way, the best way to really yeah have it was to go and buy the cd and listen to it to, yeah. to it that way for the for the best fidelity so nowadays I guess if you want to see somebody live uh, or experience that live as you, as you said in your words it's like going to that best gig ever that you can yeah. actually be there for yourself well I guess you just kind of go onto YouTube now and then maybe they'll release it as a CD but uh, but otherwise it's there on Blu-ray or it's there mm. in, in YouTube land for, for access and maybe that's why we struggle to find something. Bonamassa's got a yeah. few great live albums that, yeah, that have come absolutely. out recently yeah. which are, which are really good.
0: Yeah, I'm a big fan of some of his live albums. Um, Actually, I haven't got them on my list because they're not really as kind of iconic in my mind as some of the ones on my list. But yeah, Live at the Greek Theatre comes to mind, Live at Red Rocks, which where he does the Three Kings tour. Those are superb, really great live albums as well. Um, But yeah, so that's what we're discussing today, right? Live albums, you know, Mm. CDs or records that you you could get um, that have really inspired us. Um, And, you know, this is kind of, you know, I've got some abs favourites I've got some honourable mentions Um, and I also wanted to maybe talk to you later about who in the future you see as being you know really great live act people to Mm. keep an eye out Mm. for in the future Um, but let's make let's make a start let's talk about you know um, our favourite live albums Um, and I'll make a start because I I did want to mention right at the right at the beginning that um, caveat to this is you know there are some albums that have been recorded that you could consider being recorded live in the studio, but mm-hmm. not to mm-hmm. an audience. Um, yeah. Things like From the Cradle by Clapton, I mentioned a lot of times, that's essentially a live album, a live performance. There's no audience. And also Van Halen 1 and 2. Um, oh, yeah, amazing yeah. albums. I've been down a Van Halen Hall for the last kind of <laughs> month or so, big time. Um, and those two albums are incredible and they are mostly live, some overdubs, but they are mostly live albums, but not right. to an audience. So those are not included in my list, yeah. but kind of wanted to mention them. Just
1: yeah, that's done. cool. I think it is different. It is something it is it I mean, it's kind of that halfway in between, isn't it, where there isn't a yeah. live audience there, but the band is in a live room, all set up, you know, playing through their parts, as you say, little to no overdubs, and it's just capturing the sound of that live, that live experience yeah. in, of all the musicians in a room, which can create a fantastic recording. But I think there is something else that we're trying to understand from like really impactful live albums where the artist themselves is, you know, in front of an audience that they're then feeding off of and pushing yeah. their own playing and something magical is happening and you can hear the audience in the background and they're responding to it. And it just creates something, you know, exceptional to listen to. So yeah. that's the kind of area that we're talking about, right?
0: When there's an interaction between, mm. you can hear and feel that interaction between the artist and the audience. Yeah. I think that's, that's really key. Um, now the first one I've got on my list is actually not the first live album I think that was really inspiring to me but for me it's the okay. it's the one live album I think of the most when I think of live albums
1: okay so yeah, when I say to you Matthew Oliver live album this is the, this is the first one that this comes is the to first one I'm intrigued I I'm intrigued
0: and I think you're going to be surprised because I think this is a much maligned album if that's the True. right word to use that gets that, that people seem to make jokes about and laugh about and it's Frampton Comes Alive by oh. Peter Frampton yeah. Uh which is just I don't know if you've ever listened to it, but it's an astonishing astonishing live album. Really is, is just is amazing. it just 2 hours
1: of is it 2 hours of
0: talk box? <laughs> <laughs> That's all that comes about to mind. Hour. I think hour. Fra- two hours of music, Frapta. about an hour of I talk. Mean, legend, legendary, but yeah, there is a there is a lot of talk box on that. Um, but in all seriousness, a fantastic and uh, burn in mind were a guitar podcast. It's a fantastic yeah. guitar album as well as cool. great songs cause he's a criminally underrated guitarist. He's you good. know he I don't think people mention him enough when they talk about you know some of influential guitarists from the seventies and the sixties. Mm. Peter Frampton's um, a superb guitarist and my favourite songs off that album are Wind of Change which is actually an acoustic track Um, I Want to Go to the Sun which is a fantastic song with a superb guitar solo in the middle of it and Do You Feel Like We Do which is the outro song which is like 15 minutes long and is mostly talk box guitar solo killer (laughs) but he does it so well he does it so well I really recommend anyone if you've never listened to Frampton Comes Alive just get it and go on stream it whatever listen to it it's a fantastic live album and it's recorded so well for something that's kind of like mid 70s it sounds fantastic it's got a really cooking band um I really recommend it. That's, that's my first suggestion for a great live album. Frampton Comes Alive by Peter Frampton. Superb. Really good. I, I, I um,
1: actually watched um, last weekend the Clapton Crossroads uh, concert, uh, but from 2019, which is one I haven't seen yet. So this is, I guess, yeah. the most recent one, because I don't think they they would have done one last year with lockdown no. and everything and uh, I think Clapton wasn't, wasn't in the best of health last year and things so um, mm. I managed uh, to, to watch the 2019 one and um, Clapton and Peter Frampton do uh, a number together. I think it was um, uh, While well, My Guitar Gently Weeps I, I think that was the one, I can't remember um, but I remember thinking actually yeah, he's yeah. he's really he's a really great guitarist uh, and, and it's a bit of a jovial performance between the two of them. I mean Peter Frampton is egg in Clapton on to have a duel with him a guitar duel and they kind of they do a little bit of yeah. uh, you know um, playing uh, against each other um, and it, and it was it's all done in good taste and, but he is yeah he's a great guitarist really and and, he's and great, yeah be, yeah
0: I feel a bit sorry for him as well because I think last year was meant to be his farewell tour he wasn't going to tour right. again because I think he's he's diagnosed with a form of I think he's got a form of like motor neuron disease been diagnosed over the last few years I don't think it's like I, I don't know what it is exactly. Exactly. And you know, people should go away and just check rather than listen to me. But um, he he's getting to a point where he can't play anymore. Um, right. Oh, so he was meant oh. to do like a farewell tour, which obviously got cancelled because of the pandemic. But I think he he did a recording he instead and released a, a, a studio album. But yeah, uh, people should check out his music. He doesn't get praised enough. I don't think, old Mister Frampton.
1: Well, there you go. It's getting added to my Spotify list. There you um, go. A fine recommendation from from you, sir. Uh, and, a, yeah. and yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give it a listen.
0: <laughs> You'll be buying a talk box this weekend,
1: mate. I would love a talk box. <laughs> you know how, I, I absolutely love the sound of a talk yeah. box. I mean, you know, if, if nothing else, then uh, just to use it for living on a prayer—that d- yeah. would—that would—that would justify its existence in itself. Yeah. But um, have you ever used one? I mean, I never looks... used one.
0: No, I don't know yeah. why. I, I find it. Somewhat strange <laughs> to think what it must be like using one. Um Not also quite for my teeth think. because I think Peter Frampton has an entire mouth of false teeth because of it. <laughs> um because like you if you buy a top if you buy an laughing. MXR top box now right? right it's got a little speaker in it okay the way they work yeah. it's it's yeah. basically a tiny little amplifier of a little right. speaker in it and that sound sends your guitar sound through the pipe to your mouth yeah. and you shape the sound from the amp with your mouth and it goes into a microphone yeah. so it kind That's of bypasses it. your entire rig but back when yeah. Peter Frampton was using them they didn't have that internal um, Amplify. You had to output to a separate amp and back in again. And he was using a hundred watt Marshall, so he's he's sending like the full output of a hundred watt Marshall instead of it going through a cabinet. It's going back into this little speaker in the top box, and he's sending that into his mouth. And over the course of many years of doing it, I think he knocked most of his teeth <laughs> The sound. So from what I hear, um, again a, 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 apocryphal information potentially. There, people should go and this themselves. I don't. <laughs> I'm talking nonsense. But <laughs> that's really I'm tickled me. I've heard that story. <laughs> that's, that that sounds like
1: better than any Stevie Ray Vaughan legend <laughs> that I've ever heard. Like Peter Frampton's mouth is mostly made uh, of titanium now because he just rocked a talk box too hard. Too yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. brilliant. I hope you that's true.
0: swallowed a hundred
1: watt Marshall. <laughs> basically yeah. because he literally ran a hundred watt Marshall through his mouth. I hope that's true. That we need to we need get your dad to fact check yeah. that for yeah, us. Yeah, <laughs> Dad, can you?
0: That,
1: that, that, please thank you <laughs> awesome story right enough peter Frampton for today yeah. but yeah what, what, was, what's on your list man that's brilliant uh right so i started writing my list um uh oh where should we go right i'm gonna go i'm gonna cover off some obvious ones and not yeah. dwell on them for too long right because i want to spend some time getting into some more uh like less obvious ones yeah so let, let me cover off my obvious ones and why don't why don't you tell me if you've got these on your on your list yeah as yeah, I reckon
0: I know what your first obvious one's going to be but uh, right I don't know was I supposed to have a number that I was
1: sticking to because no, I I haven't, no, we haven't uh, doing right, a particular fine. number I'll just list some right speed round here we go here we okay. go obvious <laughs> ones right where the light is John yes, Mayer that's it right done. The ding, ding, ding. <laughs> there we go let's get that one right off the li- right for anyone who hasn't uh, understood why we love this album so much uh, then go, go back and listen to some of the other podcast episodes where we've waxed lyrical about uh, this album but it's, it's essentially Essentially, John Mayer' greatest hits, but in three different incarnations of his live uh, performing yes. band setup. So you get you get every uh, bit of experience that you would want from a full band to him just acoustic with the guitar. Mm-hmm. It's a tour de force performance. I don't yeah. know whether the, any of it was was overdubbed back in the studio or not to correct anything, but he, the man is not. He doesn't drop a note for the whole no. gig, um, which you know that's not why it's impressive. Yeah, yeah. but you know. That is part of
0: it. It's just. A and we, and tour we've de been force. to see it's, see I mean, him live, right? Doing his full we have a thing. few times, a, a few, few times. times, exactly. And it is it is a it's a very high fidelity performance, isn't it? Yeah, it's not for sure, as you say. Sure. You don't know whether things are over he, The band he has, he doesn't need to do that. And and I should add as well is a bit, again being a guitar podcast um, should mention one of the things I love about John Mayer's live stuff is that he generally goes out with two other guitarists as well. Mm. Doesn't mm. he? When we saw him live, he had yeah. Isaiah Sharkey and He did. He had David Ryan Harris. The word the, right. the album is David Ryan Harris and Robbie McIntosh as his other guitarist. Yeah. So it's yeah. just they are just fantastic live it's a fantastic live album from a guitarist point of view because there's so much guitar in there in the music. Definitely. Yeah. Uh,
1: which reminds me actually I watched the YouTube video the other day of it was actually a David Ryan Harris. That's his yeah, name, right? That's David it, Ryan yeah. Harris. Uh, it was actually his band doing a gig uh, I think I don't know it looked pretty recent because Mayer um, was playing one of his Silver Skies but he had Mayer guesting on it oh like, really in the yeah back, in, in the background like sitting <laughs> in on a couple of numbers like Mayer just sitting in like being, being Mayer yeah well exactly <laughs> exactly special featuring special guests yeah. know, I wonder who that might be um, and it also had uh, Isaiah Sharkey as well uh, yeah. as, as, his, uh, as his other guitarist so but it was kind of the dynamics of the that John Mayer band, but flipped with with yeah. David Ryan Harris taking taking the lead on, on the on the on the show, and it was great, really good. Go and check some of that out. It's in really like a little jazz club somewhere in in the, in oh, the states, but yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's really really good. Awesome. So yes, what huge lightest, John Mayer fans. T- where the light is, uh, yeah. incredible live album. Right, where am I going to go next? Okay, uh, this is, this one's got to be on your list. Um, uh, Eric Clapton
0: unplugged MTV. Yes, so, yes yeah. that is on my list. Yeah, absolutely, and that was also going to be one of my little quick mentions as well because it's too obvious, really. And <sighs> it's, you know, it's such an amazing album and such it an amazing such musical it. performance as well. Everyone yeah. is on it. Every single person in that band is on it for that day, and to think that absolutely. that whole thing um, and the other guitarist in that album is Andy Fotherlon. And in an interview, mm. He, mm. he was saying about how. To them, it was just like two hours of their day. That whole performance was just Mm. turned up for two hours and that was it. There wasn't multiple gigs. There wasn't multiple sets. It was just two hours out of their day. Um, And it's just an iconic, probably the biggest selling unplugged album there was. But yeah,
1: amazing. Well, well, their two hours in their day has probably... Probably resulted collectively in a, probably at least two to three years of my life in listening yeah. time, if not yeah. more. I, I mean, that is an evergreen album for me. Completely. Uh, completely. You know, I must have listened to it so many times over yeah. my life that the cumulative listening experience that I've had of it, Old it love goes and well. goes ah oh, that version yeah. of well see, I hadn't I hadn't accessed a lot of the Clapton albums at that point. So that yeah. was a gateway, well, that was one of the gateway albums for, for me. It was the first, that was the um, album that
0: got me playing guitar, Unplugged. So oh, all the, you you know, all those songs on that album were the first time I'd heard those songs, you know.
1: Same yeah. for me. Oh, actually, yeah. look, <laughs> such, such, such kindred of spirits, Matthew ornament. Yeah, but know. yeah, same, right. That was the first version yeah. of Old Love that I yeah. learned how to play. and um Piano solo oh it's it is just such a great album I mean it is an obvious one and clearly for both of us it had a huge impact on our guitar playing um but yeah just again another superb set of songs um you know he's got some ragtime stuff on there some great just kind of um delta blues type numbers there's you know some alternative versions of great classic hits of his like you know a different version of Layla that you know has stood the Test of time, you know that acoustic version of Layla oh, has yeah. become arguably as as big as the original yeah. version of it because yeah. you know people love that acoustic version of it as well. Old Love, yeah. The list goes on. Just a great, great album. Okay. Um, and why do I mean the guitar tone's great? The intimacy of that gig uh, is 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 brilliant. You feel. Uh, I don't know if you. Uh, I don't know if you've had the the pleasure of listening to it recently on a on a nice uh, system, but I listened to, to it the other. The day on C D on, on a really nice hi-fi system, just sat there right in the sweet yeah. spot yeah. and you listen to it and it is just beautifully recorded and mastered. It's a great it's a great um, hi-fi test album it to really just See, just experience that sound stage in front of you. you can when you close your eyes, you can see in your mind's eye where all the instruments are sat where all the, all of the different uh, kind of members of the band yeah. are, and you can just pick out everything it's beautifully
0: recorded and captured
1: as a as a yeah.
0: live piece of recording yeah it's a truly truly acoustic album as well. a lot of those mm. albums weren't fully unplugged they still maybe had electroacoustics or you know yes. some, some other stuff going on you know and it was more of a laid back affair but that uh, Clapton Unplugged is a fully acoustic album I think that's why because everything's mic'd up everything yeah. you've got the room feeling there as well you, feel, you do feel like because there's so much room in that recording you feel like you're in the room when you're listening to it that's true it doesn't feel and like really something do. is coming at you you feel like you're kind of surrounded by it Just just awesome that's a- That's a
1: beautiful way of describing it, that's exactly right exactly right um, I, I said this was going to be a speed round but we're getting we're getting ourselves so <laughs> <Go on. laughs> I've just that's made a mental on. Art. I want to... that's
0: good keep right let's
1: keep move on, on. <laughs> I'll keep going right uh, this one I don't know if it'll be on your list but it's definitely on mine um, Stevie Ray live at El Cambo. Oh. for me this is I mean Stevie Ray did a, a huge yeah. number of live albums and I know for, for a lot of people I speak to Stevie Ray's a polarising person as a guitarist some people just think you know he's he's overhyped and there are other better guitarists um he's just ripping off Hendrix <laughs> and, and whoever else. But Um, I, 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 I'm a, I'm a big Stevie Ray fan Mm. and this is a live album, just the raw ferocity of his guitar tone and the energy with which you can hear him digging into those numbers and the passion in his, in his playing is just, it's, it's all there. And even in some of the quieter numbers like Lenny, um, just, you can, you can, you can feel the the cigarette smoke and sweat (laughs) and just hear it in the playing. It's You can feel the humidity through the speakers. It's just that type of live playing experience that was captured and recorded so well that you can just – you feel like you're there when you're listening to it and you can hear the crowd thriving off his playing. And, yeah, it's just – a, a, a monstrous live
0: performance i think monstrous it isn't actually on my list then, because <laughs> actually i know ne- i've never owned it as a live album i've I've owned it as a dvd so for uh-huh, me it's yeah. very much a visual yeah. experience as well like my biggest yeah. me- if you the moment you said live at the alma cambo the first thing i thought of is middle of the solo in um um, Texas Flood, when he spins yeah. around. Do you remember yeah. that in the video? I do. Okay, he's playing okay, yeah, off, yeah, yeah. he does a spin yeah. on the spot, and by the time he's turned back around, his guitar is now behind him. And he's yeah, carrying know, he on, playing yeah. the rest of the song, the rest of the song, with the guitar <laughs> behind his back. I'm like, mm. What? what well, is this I absolute wizardry it just you just spent like half the gig basically making me want to give up playing guitar because because <laughs> you, you, as you said you said ferocity the that's exactly yeah. that's the perfect description of that live recording it's Rocious yeah. guitar playing and blues yeah. playing. Um, yeah, he really was the best at it. Yeah, but yeah. that that for me, I remember. I remember watching it and, and when I was living in Guildford years ago. And just when he turned around and the guitar was behind his, but I was just sat there, just shaking my head, thinking, "What is the point? <laughs> <laughs> point of ever picking up my guitar again? Yeah, live at the alma It is one of those albums. As well as listen to it."
1: definitely it does inspire me it yeah. does, it does inspire me to keep to keep playing but yeah there are times when you just look at that and you go yeah he, the man you, 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 the legend and everything comes comes to a pinnacle when you watch that yeah, yeah. Exactly. brilliant brilliant stuff brilliant brilliant playing okay so um, I'm going to cover off a couple more obvious ones cool. and then we're going to come back to you for some more inspiration because I've got a feeling you've got some hidden gems on your list that I'm I'm going to be oblivious to that I'm going to get inspired to go and listen to so Other. Okay, right. Uh, This has got to be on your list somewhere. Uh, Maybe it was as a maybe not so another Clapton one
0: 20, 24, 24 nights. nights. Yeah, that is on my list as a quick yeah. mention again because yeah, mentioned it a few times. That's another great album. Yeah, it's kind of kind of the original. Where the light is, in a way, isn't it? In the sense of it yeah. being, you know, um, but 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 that's a collection of many recordings as well as twenty four nights is recordings from about a year's worth of 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 live gigs when he did I think two residencies. One like mm-hmm. the 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 first the four piece and the blues band I think was one year and the twenty four piece and the orchestra was another year but it was kind of like a, a, over, over a year's worth albert hall residencies that they recorded but yeah just incredible incredible tones t- incredible guitar yeah, tones and yeah. that again old love the, the old love live version is just that's the pinnacle of of an electric guitar tone for me it really is isn't it <laughs> with the tbx boost, the boost that mid boost <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> oh what it's sad men we are <laughs> oh. <laughs> right last one uh, and then I'm just into my honourable mentions okay. which I'll do at the end God. right so uh, last last couple from me uh, right this I think is quite an obvious one for some for some um, so BB King Live at the Regal for me is oh, a, a very that yeah that's um, that's a special album just in terms of showmanship and like yeah. just my, my kids listen to that album yeah. uh, they're really into B B.B. King, I've been schooling them from a young age. So my my seven-year-old now recognises B.B., just the grooves and his guitar licks, even because he's listened to Live at the Regal so many times that he's fallen in love with that sound and that energy that comes from listening to B.B. and his band live. Um, And I think that album is
0: a great one to just experience, feel good. It's the blues blues album, isn't it? That's (laughs) the blues album. If if I could only take one blues album to... For Desert Island, it would probably be Live at the Regal. Would it? Yeah. Class. That's the blues album. You know, that's the mm-hmm. one that everyone says is the is the kind of the pinnacle of blues performance, I think. I mean maybe Alma Cambo yeah. is, I don't know. But uh, Live at the Regal is like that is, yeah. that is yeah that is up there fantastic great choice there you go so that's that's
1: my obvious ones Dan yeah. I'm, I'm back over to you now for what I think is going to be an education
0: <laughs> no, I think, gonna I think go you're going to gonna school me I've got a couple more uh, I've got a couple more no I've got one more obvious one because uh, Where the Light is 24 Nights and they're on my list as well um, another yeah. obvious one is the John Mayer Trio album from about 2005 oh, yeah. Try it's called oh, which, is, which is the yeah. original John Mayer Pino Palladino Steve Steve Jordan live album that is the one that that's the first John Mayer album i heard um yeah and that is just again full of killer guitar playing um, killer bass playing everything's just fantastic about the live album and also it's not like an arena thing it was um I can't remember where it was in Is it like a New York uh, like Bowery Ballroom or something like that where he did the gig great. so you kind of know it's a little fairly you know a little club gig kind of thing it just sounds fantastic really great I'd forgotten about that album who do
1: you who do you think I was is on that album I think and Steve Jordan's That's playing it. That's is it. just <laughs> like
0: ah oh, it's just
1: epic on that yeah
0: yeah great choice some ridiculous mate. playing on that whole album from everyone Um, and it's just yeah obvious one for me so um, so I'm gonna go now into kind of. Um, some other like honourable mentions and but and, and kind of big ones as well another big one for me is and I have mentioned this one before it's Thin Lizzy Live and Dangerous which is you did mention that didn't you yeah, yeah, yeah but again podcast. I think this yeah. is actually kind of a, an amalgamation of many recordings from many gigs and they did do overdubs on some of them so mm-hmm. but it has mm-hmm. an amazing feel as a live album yeah I think it was when we were talking about guitar solos or songs that had changed the way we played and that was one of the so the song still in love with you from that album is one of those songs for me because Scott Gorham, who is one of the guitarists with Brian Robertson at the time mm. for thin Lizzy, mm. the the guys that are on that album, he's, his solo on that song is just beautifully melodic um, and such a fantastic sound. But that album is really full of that, you know, interplay between those two guitarists because they have such a striking difference in sound. Brian Robertson's mm. really got an in your mm. face um, kind of uh, tough, guitar sound and Scott Gorham's got more of a smooth kind of gainy sound um, and they really work well together you know and if you know Thin Lizzy you know there's a lot of guitar harmony parts where they work together There is, and the whole yeah. album is just full of that there's some great blues in there some fantastic hard rock in there some really good melodic stuff and it's just a really great uh, again if uh, this is a this is a key thing for me I think some live albums are better as greatest hits than greatest hits albums for some artists yeah. you know what I mean? mean, yeah. like it's you know yeah, a, good, a good live gig should be kind of like a greatest hits performance for an artist, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And sometimes, sometimes artists. Sometimes some artists fall short of that sometimes when they're
1: trying to promote like uh, a new album yeah, and you go to you go to see them live. And of course you get, you know, that they want to promote the, the new mm-hmm. uh, album and there's mm-hmm. going to be a lot of tracks from that. And that's what, that's part of the expectation, but um, there is also an audience expectation that they're also going to play all of their yeah. great hits. Right. That's and Sometimes a, yeah. they don't do that and you're like, okay, that's cool. But you know, yeah. I needed to hear that song and you didn't, you didn't do it. So I think there is a bit of a, a contract with the audience audience that when you go to see them live you do want to hear uh, a lot of a lot of their back catalog as well
0: that's absolutely right. I mean, it's it, you should there should be some past gems in there, and that, and that's the thing with this thin Lizzy Live and Dangerous. It's a really good access point for people who aren't probably never really listened to thin Lizzy before. You don't have to go and check out the This Is Thin Lizzy playlist on Spotify mm. or mm. find the greatest hits compilation or something like that. Start with thin Lizzy Live and Dangerous because that is really a greatest hits compilation, however, up to a certain point, so um. Some of Thin Lizzy's best stuff came when Gary Moore was in the band, who replaced yeah. um, Brian, Brian Robertson. So there's not a lot of the Gary Moore era stuff, you know, like the Black Rose album, which is fantastic um, on that live album. But yeah, Thin Lizzy, Live and Dangerous, just utterly superb rock mm. live album. Mm. Really recommend going and listening to it. Another one for me is, and I got I got into this album around kind of, 2007 time, 2008, and it was the first time I'd really heard Derek Trucks, and it was the Mm. the Derek Trucks band live at the Georgia Theatre, which which is from 2003, so he would have only been about 23, 24 years old then, but, oh my God, just... Ferocious guitar playing, ferocious slide playing. Um, The sound of that band was amazing because, you know, he had a lot of um, really eclectic players in that band, a lot of almost fusion, you know, capable players, as well as being great blues Mm. and rock players and Derek Trucks has always been very influenced by world music so there's a lot of world music sounds in there it's really really interesting live albums some great R&B great blues soul there's even gospel stuff in there it's just a really great album but from a guitarist point of view I wanting to hear an amazing guitar solo listen to For My Brother which is I think about a 10 minute long jam basically but his solo in that and I he's the best slide player in the world but that solo is not yeah. slide the solo he's doing in that is just him just you know Fretting as normal, <laughs> and it's just better than anything you've ever heard. And then he finishes off with a slide solo, it is just, just absolute, just ecstasy. It's amazing. It's just such a fantastic song. So that's a big one for me. Live at the Georgia oh, Theater is a, I
1: I a great choice. I think he's one of those guitarists where I love listening to, to kind of all the studio stuff that he does, and it's and it's beautifully done and beautifully recorded. But you can tell he is a an, an artist that has grown grown up being a performing gigging guitarist oh, right? yeah. for a long time Confident. because when you when you listen to or even watch some of his performances on YouTube live you can even though he's not the flashiest of showmen on stage mm-hmm. in fact qu- quite the opposite he's very much into the guitar and in his headspace and and playing but you can hear his expressiveness through his playing and when you see him do that live in front of an audience you can you can see the step up in his playing even more than than that comes across yeah. in, the, in the heavily produced studio type albums. He he, His playing goes to a different level every time I've seen him uh, either in person or on, on YouTube or whatever, live. There's something about his playing that just notches up uh, when he's in front of an audience. Um, yeah, he pushes himself. Absolutely. He pushes himself more. He's not afraid to yeah. take risks as much as he can take Definitely. risks because he's just a ridiculous player but he really pushes his instrument
0: yeah. to the max. Yeah. That's something I've always found really captivating about Derek Trucks is just how stoic he is as a performer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's kind of like it's not like some guitarists really do perform physically as well as you know mm-hmm. musically. Derek Trucks has always been someone who has kind of been more. He barely moves. You know, he's just very kind of. He, he seems so calm all the time when he's playing, even even when he's in the depths of something. Actually, should mention um, another. You mentioned the Crossroads Festival. Do you remember the 2007 mm-hmm. Crossroads Festival when? Clapton set in that was, he had Donald yeah. Bramall and Derek Trucks in the band. Go on, yeah. go on, listen to. Uh, Little Queen of Spades which is this long yeah. slow blues they did and Derek Trucks' slide yeah. solo in that which is like three choruses long that's just one of the greatest slow blues <laughs> guitar solos you will ever ever hear I think that's the greatest slow blues recording there's ever been in live, in a live wow. performance Little Queen of Spades by Clapton and his band from the 2007 Crossroads Festival but it's because of Trucks' solo it's just it's just a it's just a, a masterpiece in kind of um you know holding back like, keeping things in your sleeve until yeah. the very moment yes. you need to kind of thing. It's just... He is great at that. Exactly. He builds
1: a solo really, really well. Yeah. And we all, you know, we all as guitarists try to remember that. Yeah. Like, you don't need to come out all guns blazing exactly. <coughs> unless, you know, the song lends itself to that. But if you've got some time and some space, like, uh, we all know that, that, you know, less is more and, and build up to a point, but he really exemplifies oh. that. He, he has the discipline exactly. to just keep holding back until the point where he's just screaming that slide off of the end of the fretboard you know (laughs) it's incredible to such a point yeah
0: Yeah. Um, good so I'm going to go into some of my honourable mentions now because I've got three other live albums on my list which actually aren't really guitar albums but for me are really amazing performances nice Um, okay good Top, the first one is "We Like It Here" by Snarky Puppy, and I don't know if you know that. You like oh, Snarky
1: Puppy? You, you, will, you, you will have just you will have just made the uh, Meat Rum and Music <laughs> Club incredibly, <laughs> uh, incredibly happy with your mentions of Snarky Puppy, just, who, who they got, who yeah. they got me into. I mean, like this is Uber session musician oh, it, type yeah, music exactly. stuff, right? I Amazing, mean, this, is, yeah. this is this is like the epitome of, of jazz funk. Th- that's kind of exactly meddling, that. Yeah, right? it is.
0: Jazz- as instrumental but, kind of you know fusion almost. But uh, it's ridiculously good. It's ridiculously unbelievable. Good. Unbelievable. Some of the perform- I mean, they've just got the best of the best people. Again, three guitarists. Yeah. Bob Lanzetti, yeah. Mark Lethieri, who's obviously a very, you know, prominent yeah. um guitarist at the moment, and Chris McQueen are on that album. And it's yeah. just it, it is, there is some fantastic guitar playing, but for me it's often about um just the songs themselves and the performances. Mm. And again, actually, this mm. is these are the albums recorded in the studio, but there's a light there's an audio. In the studio with them. So they're all still recorded live with an audience. So it just fits in. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> so we like it here by Snappy Puppy. Um great choice. That's a good Musos album. It really is, As, yeah. it really is some amazing yeah. music on that. And uh, you'll be astonished by the ability of some of the music. Particularly people like Cory Henry, who's just an incredible keys player. Yeah. Um another kind yeah. of genius person who seems to be capable of anything, you know, mm-hmm. like a Jacob Collier yeah. type person. Um mm-hmm. my another one which again not really a guitarist album is Donny Hathaway Live from the 70s. Okay. Um, um, which is, uh, again, an amalgamation of two gigs, one on the West Coast, one on the East Coast, and slightly different bands in each. But that's a, that's just an amazing soul live album. And Donny Hathaway is one of the best singers of all time. But just a really great, great album. Willie Weeks on bass, who's actually the bassist for mm-hmm. that little Queen of Spades thing. He was Clapton's bassist ah. in the 2000s, oh. Willie Weeks. So, um, And then the last one for me um, is James Taylor Live, which is... Oh. Um, from 1992 um, And just an amazing album Of just fantastic songs You know, James is one of my favourite songwriters of all time Beautiful storyteller Fantastic performer Always has a really slick band Some good guitar playing on that album Because it's Mike Landau mm-hmm. You know, session player um, yeah, From the 80s and 90s You know, I played a lot with the other session player Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, hmm <laughs> <laughs> don't say, no, I'm it. say it. Don't do it. No, uh, don't do it. So James Taylor, Lump. so that's that's it for me. Those are the ones that are, are on the top of my list. That's it. Oh, I love the fact that you've given us some variety there because that's from Snarky
1: Puppy through to James Taylor. You've yeah. got like just a huge like musical spectrum <laughs> to to kind of to pick your mood right. Because obviously a lot of the obvious ones we've mentioned today are your quintessential guitarist guitar albums. Like yeah. you know some Stevie Ray Vaughan stuff, B.B. King, you know, they're they're fairly of of a genre there, either blues or kind of pop rock kind of stuff. But actually what you've done there is given us some great... um Alternative choices of live stuff that isn't just your kind of blues stuff that you would expect, or some rock yeah. stuff. there. And that's that. I think that's brilliant, and, and they are great, yeah. great choices. Particularly, it, it's, that's the snarky puppy stuff. Yeah. That's
0: unbelievable. <laughs> that's awesome. That's such an amazing band.
1: Right, I've got a couple of honourable okay. mentions, and then we then we, then we then we then we need to have a chat about what we're up to, and I, need, I want to tell you about this this uh, this birthday present that you've uh, you've, <laughs> that you've helped <laughs> helped inspire. Right so honourable mentions from me right so we mentioned Eric Clapton's uh, MTV Unplugged album yeah But actually um, I feel very lucky in many ways to have uh, been growing up in the formative years of when MTV was actually a proper music channel uh, and one of the only music channels. And they ran a whole series of MTV unplugged sessions. And there are some great ones. Go back and check them out. If you can, I I owned a number of these on CD still have some of them, Um, but you can also kind of uh, get hold of them on YouTube if you can't find the CDs of them. But uh, you know, not necessarily the best guitar playing or stuff that you'll ever hear, but just in terms of live recorded albums, I think the MTV Unplugged sessions did some brilliant, um, uh, some brilliant yeah. justice to, to a lot of a lot of artists that were good at that time. And I think it almost became a thing within those bands that were then asked to go and do MTV Unplugged that they took it seriously and um, like put aside some of their shenanigans or on-stage stuff that normally yeah do it at their own gigs and they respected the the, the format of the show and they put they grafted and they rearranged their popular numbers in a different way to make it exclusive for that show so you ended up getting as you say the kind of greatest hits experience but you also ended up getting some really nicely reimagined or rearranged numbers because it had to be unplugged by and large and and I think there was almost an expectation that the numbers would be done with a slight twist so um, so honourable mentions from me in no particular order uh, Nirvana's Unplugged session yeah. uh, on MTV was was brilliant Super, yeah. um, just in terms of a great live performance raw full of energy uh, all of that angst there but stripped back down to some of those numbers in a really mm-hmm. just acoustic more palatable way Allison Chains did a brilliant Unplugged session uh, again very grungy heavy band that you know but when you strip back some of their numbers and the, just a pure acoustic version really really beautifully done uh, on the MTV Unplugged sessions Live who were a band again from that kind of same era who, who made um, themselves famous with an album called Throwing Copper yeah, I remember They had a couple they did of their a-
0: albums they were a good band Yeah, yeah. they're really yeah. good their drummer oh, is just
1: an epic drummer and you watch him on the MTV Unplugged session and you can really get a sense of how he's driving the groove of that band and uh, that's a really impressive live album uh, Uh, performance on the MTV Unplugged thing. Uh, Oasis Unplugged again because Noel Gallagher did a lot of it and for the first time we got to see whether you like Oasis or that type of music or not yeah. for me that, that was actually the, the performance that got me into Oasis because I wasn't really into Liam Gallagher or mm. his shenanigans or, or all of that but when you actually stripped back some of their songs and Noel performed them uh, as a singer-songwriter I got them I got the songs then
0: I always preferred his voice yeah. to Liam's I think Liam's <laughs> voice suited a lot of the songs better it, it and Liam Yes. He a great singer, uh, but Noel's voice—it was definitely—I I thought he was a great singer, a really good voice. I mean, he sung "Don't Look Back in Anger," didn't he? So, which is got to be the yeah. biggest hit, surely?
1: Yeah, "Talk Tonight" is one of my favorite yeah, uh, songs. Uh, that's just a beautiful song. Yeah, um, and he performs it on, on MTV Unplugged, and I think you know it's again just a great performance. So, go go back and check out the MTV Unplugged um, stuff. There's some brilliant ones there. George Michael did a brilliant one yeah, he really did. Um, on MTV. TV unplugged Stevie Ray did one playing a 12 string just monstrous like playing string. all his songs on a 12, a 12 string. string you could have lived in
0: do you remember that thing I, I think no. it was a Zermitis 12 string whatever it no. it's like the size of a car just, how did he play ridiculous, it ridiculous,
1: ridiculous wasn't yeah. it it was only because no, no normal acoustic guitar would be able as, as legend That's has it. it he tried I think he tried about seven different acoustic guitars and they all just disintegrated into matches within his hands so uh, uh, I think the guitar tech gave him a Twelve string and said, "This is the only thing that will stand up to that." I'm just making it up now, but it could be true. It Could be even speaking uh, the absolute truth. Yeah, you don't know. I pro- probably could be. Um, so yeah, go go and check those out. And then last honourable mention for me, only because you haven't done it because I've told you not to. <laughs> but there is. There, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do oh. it. So, if, I, if only for, for our audience who are thinking they're not going to mention Toto or Luca. They're on this show, <laughs> but I am. So. <laughs> The twenty-fifth anniversary live in Amsterdam Toto yeah. album. Yeah. Oh, man, Steve Lukather's version of While My Guitar Gently yeah, Weeps absolutely. on that yeah. on, on that recording. But but basically everything the band does on that particular live recording yeah. is it's beautifully recorded. Really, really, it's in yeah. a it's a proper stadium oh, gig. Yeah. I mean, it's a full on you know, tour de force gig. But Lukather's Lukather's solo in While My Guitar Gently Weeps on that Toto 25th anniversary. Anniversary yeah, performance is amazing. Let's let's leave it
0: there. is. Don't fall into that hole
1: again. <laughs> I'm pushing you back into the toto into the toto hole from which you have crept out slowly. <laughs> <laughs> back into the tambu. Back into deep it deep in the tambu.
0: <laughs> right. So anyway, there we uh, go. I think I yeah. think that's pretty much it for for me on the live albums. I did want to just mention that I think there's there's a there's there's some good artists around. I think do, they've done some good live albums recently that I think will go on to do some classic things. People like Wolfpack, um, and, oh, yeah. um, who just did, Madison Square, they did a Madison Square Garden, which and that's a fantastic live album. And Theo Katzman, who's in Wolfpack, did a separate live album, live in Berlin, which is really great as well. But those guys, those are just a couple of last honourable mentions for me. Well worth a listen.
1: Oh, the other guy that I'm really liking and getting into a bit more is someone you recommended to me. And um, again, he was on this 2019 Crossroads Clapton performance with Marcus King oh yeah the Marcus King band he does an incredible uh, beautiful performance on, on that Crossroads concert and live he is really su- really superb oh. so yeah he's one to, as you've said to me before
0: unbelievable he's like a torch burr isn't he For I think so I think so blues and soul and R&B awesome I think so
1: cool I think so right dude right right before we go I just need to say thank you for speaking to my wife and uh, and advising her on my birthday present. So she, under your guidance, I believe... Uh, helps uh, me get hold of of this, yeah. Which I hadn't I hadn't heard of, so it's I'm holding you. my hand. I mean, and it's,
0: it's do you know what? I I, I know you've never had a Where Huge pedal before, so when I you haven't. reached out to me, I thought I wonder if there's anything, and that's that's new from Where Huge. And George Trips, who designs Where Huge stuff himself, and if you don't know who George yeah. Trips is, he's like you know god of guitar pedals, basically. He's MXR's man, and yeah. has done so much stuff over the years. Where Huge, he, what he tends to do with Where Huge is he does a design. Line, releases a few okay. thousand of them and that's it until he does more designs you can still buy their stuff but he's not like boss or anybody else where it's a production line of stuff they, they'll do a, a certain amount and then that's it it goes out into the world so where huge stuff is really like that's it's cool it's really cool stuff so that's well, why I, I i'm fe- it. i'm
1: very excited thank you buddy well one i hadn't heard of yeah. it of course, I've heard of Way Huge, yeah. right? Um, uh, but I hadn't heard of this one, and the, the reason is, as you say, it's brand new. So this is the Sto uh, Way Huge. Uh, so then I uh, did some some digging in into it. saying, so, well, have I not heard of this pedal? And mate, you hit—you've absolutely pulled it out of the bag. Well, sorry, my wife has. In case she's listening, so she bought it. Right? But, but but basically, I'm saying thank you to you because you because you picked my birthday
0: present. But,
1: um, but I've been I've been screwing up for a long time on YouTube videos, um, waiting to pull the trigger on uh, Nobles, ODR Nobles ODR one exactly
0: yeah because
1: I'm I'm, I'm obviously going down a, a, a rabbit hole of this this infamous like session guitarist pedal that is like their secret hidden yeah. tool you know bag pedal um and so i was like yeah i'm gonna get one of these i'm gonna get one of these um haven't hadn't bought one and then uh this this was given to me by my wife uh by by you uh for my birthday and 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 this is this is way huge and george's take on the noble's odr1 right so uh (laughs) <laughs> so that I mean, that means this is perfect. I mean, this is great. You know,
0: try it out today.
1: I haven't tried it out yet, so I can't wait to. I'm gonna I'm gonna plug it in after the show and um, and and get, and give it a blast. And I think I know where it's. I think yeah. this might. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm guessing this, and I'm gonna gig it um, at the weekend. I'm thinking this is gonna substitute out uh, my blues driver on my pedal board at the moment, and this might sit in place of the blues driver as my kind yeah. of. Uh, clean, crunchy kind of kind of tone, but but that's only my guess. I haven't I haven't I haven't listened to it yet or tried it yet. So so let's see.
0: What, doesn't the STO stand for? Like standard something overdrive I'm sure that's what oh, we, oh
1: no no it's more exciting it's, it really? it's, it's way more exciting than <laughs> that <laughs> no,
0: no, it's classic kind of George Tripp's kind of comedy you know because obviously George trips did Joe Bonamassa's pedals didn't he like the the, yes. the overrated special which is meant to be the, the overrated yeah, and he's always special. named them quite yeah. funny like he does one called the camel toe and things like that it's always named Aquapus yeah. Yeah. The exactly. Aquapus yeah. there how can we forget it. Yeah, the, yeah, he's little, always and, done really uh, well named stuff
1: yeah. no the, the ST stands for super terrific, super overdrive. terrific so he's <laughs> overdrive. That's it. <laughs> so he, he's already quite impressed with it himself. So let's
0: uh, let, <laughs> let,
1: let's see. But it's his, it's his re it's, it's his reimagining of the Noble's ODR one where basically he took a Noble's ODR one, yeah. which is this infamous incredible overdrive mm-hmm. pedal, uh, and he stripped it down and he replaced some of the component parts with bits that he thought would be even better. So yeah let's 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 that's see awesome. what it's like. I will I will I will let you know uh, next week, yeah, there's, the, there's a good few
0: of his pedals which I'd really like. One and um, um, one of them is the obviously the Green Rhino, which is his thing of the tube screamer, which is what the. Overrated specials based on, um, and then he does another one called uh, hot, I think it's the hot sauce or something, which is basically like an overdrive. <laughs> but he does this interesting thing where you, you, the 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 actual overdrive sound is instead of you increasing gain, you're in, you're you're, in, you're you're changing the balance between the clean and the gain sound. So you're not actually introducing more gain. You oh, just right. it's kind of like you've got a dry ah. through and you've got um yeah. you've got your gain sound and you're just kind of changing the balance between the two and it just sounds terrific because yeah. you retain that punch and clarity but you still got that drive sound exactly so he's just got just great, great ideas records, I'd imagine yeah great ideas great build quality really interesting design and yeah just cool basically anything that yeah. MXR have released in the last 20 years has been a George Tripps pedal as well because he's man, yeah oh, he's, really? he's basically head a design for MXR so as well as doing oh, way yeah. huge which is his own booty thing on the side he's MXR's guy so yeah. oh that's cool well, I've got one of the, I've got the MXR
1: super badass distortion yeah. on my board, which I love for, for the rock stuff. Live yeah. it is it is like a Marshall JCM eight hundred mm-hmm. in a box. Yeah. It's it's absolutely stunning. I, I you know I needed something that would give me a Marshall tone yeah. but through my Fender tweed. And that MXR super badass distortion is it. Just run that mm-hmm. through the clean channel of my Fender um, blues deluxe and all of a sudden you've got a JCM eight hundred and every every other amazing. Marshall tone you could want. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's it's awesome. They're really really Really, I'm really a big fan of the MXR pedals. Um, so, Awesome. Excellent. Well, thank you, mate, for inspiring my <laughs> wife to... <laughs> I, I opened it and I was like, this is a way huge pedal. I was like, how have you even... Yeah. Mr., Mr., Mr. <laughs> and she Mr. Oliver. I was like, oh, thanks, <laughs> thanks, Matt.
0: <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad that you're excited by it. And I hope it sounds good. And let me know when you've played it later on. I, I, I will let you know, buddy. I will let you know. Yeah. Good stuff. <laughs> mate really great to catch up it's been been a while it's been nice yeah. to have a break but not, not just from yeah. the podcast but just in general during the summer uh, but good to catch up yeah. again and get back to it so looking forward to next yeah. week as well mate Absolutely, mate, and thanks to all our audience for
1: for sticking with us and uh, letting us have a little break. And I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. And uh, yeah, look forward to getting back in some more recordings for you. um Now we're going into the end of summer yeah. and uh, the rest of the year. We've got some cool stuff lined oh, up yeah, as well with some we some some, out, day, some days out taking us live on the road. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Should be fun. <laughs> That should be fun. <laughs> Let us out of our room so we can go and explore yeah, some guitar shops.
0: <laughs> Looking forward to it, Stay mate.
1: tuned.
0: All right, buddy. Cool. Right, have a cracking week, mate, and I will speak to you soon. Yeah, take care, All mate. the best, mate. Cheers, mate. Thanks so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed this podcast. Remember to come and like us on our social media pages on Instagram and Facebook. Come and give our podcast a rating as well, and please come back and listen to more from us next week. Take care. Have a fantastic week.